Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Bite Size Cinema, a show where we discuss a film and cook a food from that film. My name is Myra, I have a bachelor's in cinema, and I love to cook. So, with that out of the way, courteous warning as always, there will probably be spoilers, and today's featured film is not a classic, not in any top movies ever made list, not a film you would necessarily choose to analyze for any reason. However, it is a nostalgic one for me and one of those like childhood movies you just love because it's a perfect 90s childhood movie that every single person born between 1990 and 1995 absolutely owned a VHS copy of. Not the paper VHS copy, the obnoxious plastic cover that we started using for some reason. And I'm guessing to store the tape more safely because the paper boxes probably didn't. And... Yeah, wow, what a waste of space and plastic. <laughs> and the movie is It Takes Two from 1995, starring the Olsen twins, Mary-Kate and Ashley, and Kirstie Alley, and Steve Gutenberg. The Olsen twins play Amanda and Alyssa, and the movie starts out by showing the opposite lives that the two lead. One is Amanda, who is playing baseball in the streets of New York City with a bunch of kids, She's wearing street clothes and is an orphan. You quickly find out that she's an orphan and that all of the children that she's playing with are part of this orphanage that Kirstie Alley, who plays Diane, works at. And Diane is Amanda's caseworker. Also, quick RIP to Kirstie Alley, who passed away just a few months ago. She was a total babe in this movie, and it was very sad to watch, but also a nice way to celebrate her. Uh, since she did just pass, and I am a big fan of her. So the other child is at a prestigious private school, just won a trophy for a piano competition, a classical piano competition, and lives with, well, she actually lives at this boarding school, but then she flies back home to go visit with her very wealthy father. Her name is Alyssa, and she plays a very sad little rich girl character who has everything but what she truly wants, which is a mother. Her father is Roger Calloway, played by Steve Guttenberg, a man who is loaded with money, and it's not because he's some genius or anything. Um, he just happened to invest in the right technologies at the right time and has a lot of money. So he is a very big humanitarian, mostly because his deceased wife was very much into those things and he likes to pay homage to her because he was very much in love with her and is very sad that she's not there anymore and is clearly still dealing with the sadness of that passing. It is a very typical romantic comedy where the two kids connect, uh, they connect their humans, their parents, and they fall in love. Obviously, Diane is not uh, Amanda's mother, but they have a mother-daughter bond. They have a very special way of communicating with each other and a very deep love for each other, and it's very sweet. And the way that the twins pair them up, it's very Match.com, but with twins and no internet. <laughs> and Diane and Roger have perfect chemistry, not just in the movie plot, but as actors, especially for a 90s film. It's the perfect amount of cheese, and I just love it. The best line in the whole movie is probably said by Diane to Roger 
And it's right after she finds out that he's engaged. They've already had this really quick, instant connection. They have that very love at first sight situation happen. And she finds out he's engaged and therefore unavailable. And she says, we might have hit it out of the park, you and me. It was there, I know it. The can't eat, can't sleep, reach for the stars, over the fence, World Series kind of thing. Oh, well. (laughs) And it's cute because... This line is already said by one of the twins, and by one of them, I mean Amanda, earlier in the film. So then you learn in that moment, like, oh, she learned that from her. It's a sweet little thought to think that she's learned what love is through this woman, even though she doesn't have, like, a family that loves her. This this woman is her family. But what I want to discuss most, because it's the only thing I can't stand about this movie, is how in the world is nobody discussing how they are identical. They just accept it. Yes, they're all shocked when they see them together and have like each character when they have the realization of, oh my God, there's two of them. No one, no one is thinking to look at hospital records, find out if the mother actually had twins, one was maybe stolen from her or what. Like that entire path is its own adventure of a movie, sure. We don't have time for that, but I would have liked to at least had one line that alludes to them looking into how in the world this is possible for a child to have an unknowing, identical twin. Were aliens involved? Were fetuses probed? I want to know, but imagining all of the crazy scenarios might actually be a little bit more interesting, I might, I might just say, but it is something to think about, so is something that I think about every time I see this and I just wonder how is nobody looking into this how is how am I the only person that cares and I can't be I'm sure somebody out there listening is like I was thinking the same thing but it's mind-blowing my favorite part in the film in the entire film is right at the very end so Roger meets both the girls for the first time Of course, it's the guy who doesn't understand what's going on until the very, very end. It's kind of funny. And finally, he learns what has been going on. He is just like bewildered. He uh, just broke off his wedding two seconds prior, and now he sees his daughter has an identical twin. I can only imagine the shock that a brain would go into in this moment. But there's this unspoken acting bit that Diane, Kirstie Alley, does in this scene is my favorite thing in the whole movie. So she does this thing where she doesn't say a single word. Not a single word, but she says so much. And I think it is honestly just so great from an acting perspective, like the challenge of having to say more with absolutely less (laughs) or say more with absolutely nothing. Uh, is a testament to her skills. So this is by no means an amazing movie for performance, truly. But this one minute of her is pure gold. And she basically signals almost exactly this. She's like, I know it's crazy, him discovering the twins. I didn't know either. When you're done, I'll be outside because there's a lot of people around and I can't reach you. So we can discuss this. When, when you get outside, I'll be out there. Also, you look great, 
and I'm glad you called off your wedding. (laughs) She says all of that without saying anything. And it sounds crazy if you haven't seen the movie, but if you know that scene, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Everybody's walking out of the church and she's kind of getting pushed back into it. And she realizes there's no way she's going to get up to the front to talk to them. So she's like, I'll just be outside. But she says so much more than I'll just be outside. It's like, I know it's crazy. Like, yeah. And I love it. Every time I see that scene, I just love it. If someone out there has never seen this movie because you were raised without love or under a rock or whatever it is, please watch it. Ignore the 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. That doesn't matter. It's a feel-good movie. (laughs) And Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen actually even won the Kids' Choice Award for Best Actress in this movie, which is actually interesting because shouldn't that technically go to one person? Like, if you think about it, it's for best actress, not best actresses. And if you're a twin and you do absolutely everything with your twin, I feel like I'm not a twin, so I don't know. Maybe you are listening. I feel like I would be so annoyed if I wanted to just be my own person and everything I did, I had this other person getting recognition for. Like, you want to be your own individual person Sure, you love your sister. Sure, you do so much with her or, you know, whatever. But you also want to have, like, an independency from that, you know? And I'm just curious if they were bothered. I mean, they were children. They were probably stoked. But I'm just curious if at some point in their brain, anybody in this family um, was like, hmm, that's weird. Did the people that run the Kids' Choice Awards realize that that's not fair? Because, like, I mean, they're they're different people. So, like, technically, if you watched a movie where there were two kids, you know, in the leading roles, but they weren't related, they weren't twins, can they also both get the same award? <laughs> I mean, think about it. Can they? It's not like they're conjoined at the hip. They're two separate people, you know? They're twins, yeah, but they're two separate people. How is it any different? Just something to think about. That's where my brain goes when I see things like that. If you would like to watch It Takes Two and you don't own it, you can't find it, I'm fortunate enough to live in Portland, Oregon, where we have two options for movie rental places. There is one called Great American Video, and there is another called Movie Madness. I love movie madness. I am a big fan. I go pretty frequently and I love showing people how amazing that little place is. It's a gem. But if you don't live in a place like Portland, Oregon, where we're weird and we have things like movie rental places still, and also our state is home to the very last blockbuster, a real life place, a real blockbuster does still exist and it's here in Oregon. It's in Bend, Oregon though, not Portland. However, It is on Amazon. I did see it on there. And I think there is actually a couple of other options. So if you would like to stream it, you do have options available to you. You can rent it, you can buy it, whatever you want to do. And watching a Olsen twins movie reminded me of all of the other movies they did in the 90s. I was actually a member of their fan club and I would get these little things in the mail from them. And it was like autographed headshots of them and you know cute little trinkets or whatever and I was stoked about it I thought it was so cool 
and I've probably seen every single movie that they ever did as children, truly every single one of them, I've definitely seen. Ask my parents, and they will probably say, yep, she did watch every single one of them. I think I even owned most of them. And the Olsen twins are Gemini, and I am a Gemini myself. So growing up, when I found out that they were Gemini, I thought that was even cooler, because then I felt like I was just like them. Even though we have totally different birthdays, they are both June Geminis. Just saying, pretty close. So if you want a little nostalgia, you should definitely rewatch this movie. And if you want to be really cute, you can make some popcorn, go get some Jiffy Pop. I don't actually know if they still make Jiffy Pop, but if they do, go get some Jiffy Pop and make it on the stove and probably burn it and get a backup because you're probably going to burn it and then get a box of some candies and whatever you want to drink. And enjoy the movie. Uh, but anyway, so for this week's featured food, I chose Sloppy Joe's. The reason I chose Sloppy Joe's this week is due to there being a Sloppy Joe scene. And if you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, Alyssa has lived, you know, a life of luxury and she's used to grand socialite parties with escargot and, you know, fancy sandwiches and all of it. Suddenly she's at a summer camp with a bunch of kids from an orphanage and she's eating a sloppy joe. Oh, escargot and sloppy joe. I didn't mean to rhyme there. Or did I? And she looks at her sloppy joe like it's like foreign. It's kind of repulsive. She's She's not really sure what it is. She's not really sure how to eat it. And then she takes a bite and she's immediately in heaven. She gets sauce all over her face and it's a very charming scene. So I went ahead and made my own version, but I made mine super nutrient dense and I loved the way they came out. I've never made these before. I decided to blend tempeh, lentils, and quinoa for the base. I have made some before with lentils, uh, and quinoa, but I had never made them all blended three together. So that was really fun. And I used sweet pepper instead of bell pepper because most people want you to use the bell pepper, but part of the recipe, you, you want it to be a little bit sweet. So you add a little bit of sugar and I wanted to add a little less sugar, but still have the sweetness. So I thought maybe it would kind of balance it out by using a sweeter pepper and I feel like it did. I think it did the job. So A plus. And I will say the longer the mix sits, it's like lasagna. So after you cook it, you want to leave it to just kind of soak in its own juices and just, uh, I don't know, it just somehow gets better. And I also had leftovers. I actually just ate them before I recorded this. And the leftovers were even better than when I first had it the day it was fresh. Something to think about if you want to make a lot and then space it out over a couple days for like lunches or something. And it's fun. It reminds me of when I was a kid and, and I did my own summer camps and we would have things like macaroni and cheese, like craft macaroni and cheese with slices of hot dog in it or whatever summer camp things that they do. It reminds me of that. But I made mine vegan and gluten-free as usual. And then I used high quality ingredients. So for the tempeh, I used organic. For the lentils, I used brown lentils. You could use whatever, red lentils, whatever. It's just what I happen to have. I 
I threw in the quinoa because it's a nice filler. The nice thing about the proteins that I chose, the tempeh, the quinoa, and the lentils, they all absorb whatever flavors you're using and then just taste like that. So they're great to use in a dish like this because it's not going to be overpowered um, by a natural flavor within them. It's literally just going to taste like whatever your sauce tastes like. So that's why the longer it sits, the better because tempeh does have its own little flavor and, you know, lentils have their own flavor, quinoa, not so much, but the longer it sits in that juice and that sauce you make, the more it literally just tastes like the sauce. So I think that's probably why my leftovers taste so amazing because the sauce I made came out chef's kiss. And if you would like to make this week's featured food, like I said, it's vegan, it's gluten-free, and it's super easy to whip up. Or if you just want to see how mine came out, go ahead and jump over to my Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube pages. Find me at Bite Sized Cinema. That's Bite Sized Cinema. And thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. I appreciate your support. Please don't forget to subscribe, follow the socials, and I hope that you are kind to yourself today. Bye.